Well, hello, and welcome to the Thrive Women's Podcast. Uh, I'm Angie, and I'm joined by Lisa, and we're your hosts. Uh, We're glad that you're listening today. Before we dive in um, on this great conversation that we had with our good friend, Sharon Irving, I just, Lisa, I got to know, what has been the highlight of this week for you? You're coming down off graduation craziness. (laughs) What is, yeah, how's your week been? Oh my gosh. I feel like I want to flip it and ask you first. You always are grilling me with questions, Angie. Oh, Um, you know, the highlight actually, I think for me is my daughter uh, just is graduating from high school and we had her senior night for volleyball. And oh, fun. It was super fun. And we were in the, you know, the gymnasium, my husband and I, and sitting there and, you know, it's like 15 years, well, longer than that, but so many years of watching our kids play sports and activities in particular, sitting in this gym and all the games, volleyball and basketball and, you know, different things that we've gone to and just feeling so grateful for the the village that raised our kids, um, both people in the church and people outside of the church that we came to know and uh, and then seeing my daughter honored, she's the captain of their volleyball team and this being kind of her last game in this weird season is pandemic. Her volleyball season has been like six weeks, but just, you know, just ce- even celebrating that she got to play and she got to have, you know, a game. Of course, we're all masked up and it's not like it used to be, but yeah. You know, you find yourself grateful for some of the little things and the ways that life has had to adjust in this season. So grateful that she, we got to experience that and grateful that her graduation in a couple of weeks will be in person. That's so, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was my high. Um, you know, like you? in the gym, like in a high school gym where they have the flags of all the championships they've won. I feel like there should be like a parent section, <laughs> parents that have visited that gym for more than 15 years, whatever it was. Oh, there's no greater joy than cheering your kids on, whether it's sports or any other thing that they're doing. And here's the good news. Even as they get into young adulthood, you're still cheering them on. And it's actually kind of good. You don't have to go to every activity they're in, but you're cheering (laughs) them on in the game of life. Yeah, you're going to have a lot of free time. Yes, we'll talk about that on another day. But yeah. how about you, Angie? How give me a high for you? Um, it's been a great week. Uh, I had my sister visiting, and so we took a couple days and went to the coast, um, which was really fun because we actually went to a section of the California coast that neither one of us had ever seen before, and so, um, it that does a lot for me. It's really refreshing to go like, I've never been on this road before, or I've never seen this view before ever in my life. Like to think this is the first time my eyes and my brain are seeing this view was really fun. So um, I love those things. So that was really love that. What part of the coast as a Californian have you not been to? Well, you probably won't believe this, but it was Big Sur. What? I know. I know. Angie, I'm so glad that is a I'm, great section of our coastline. I know. I'm not a native Californian. So I just moved here for this job. And so I still feel like I'm exploring yeah. California. Well, that's, that's definitely at the top of a, a, 
a tourist list. So I'm glad I, that you got to yeah, see that. Yeah, <laughs> I get that now. <laughs> I understand why. It was gorgeous. But Oh, so fun. So yeah, so fun. it's been an awesome week. But another highlight of this past week, I would say, was our call that we had with Sharon. So that's what's coming up uh, right now on this episode. So if you guys don't know Sharon Irving, you know, we have conversations sometimes on this podcast with people that you've heard of before, but we also realize we have a lot of conversations with people you've probably never heard of before. So uh, we don't take it lightly that you just trust us <laughs> to find people that you should hear from. I think my highlight, Angie, is being able to introduce new friends to our friends listening. Yeah, I know. So like today, you are about to meet a friend, Sharon Irving. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Um, Sharon grew up on the south side of Chicago. She's a songwriter, a poet. She is a worship leader. She's done some acting. Um, and she grew up performing in front of the congregation on the south side of Chicago where her grandfather was a pastor. So that is that's in her blood. Um, her first steps as an artist were shaped by her dad, who was a jazz musician, composer. Um, her mom and her grandma have been a big part of her life as well. But Sharon and I met when she was in college. I was in seminary. We were at the same school. And it was, um, we were friends, fast friends. And I have loved watching her grow and lead worship and be become this artist. Um, she's been on the worship team at Willow Creek Church in Illinois for several years. She has helped lead worship at a ton of corporate events, youth conferences, big settings, small settings all over the country. Um, she's even led in Angola prison um, before with a team and talks about that. And then she was on America's Got Talent, where she'll talk about this a little bit more. She received the golden buzzer, which is really exciting. Um, Anyways, she is a deep well of inspiration and perspective. Um, she says she believes that worship changes atmospheres. And I really felt like our conversation um, showed that and really highlighted that. So anything you want to add, Lisa? No, I think that our, I think she's going to encourage our friends to look her up and follow her because she's a good friend to have. Yeah, absolutely. Well, without further ado, here's our conversation with Sharon. So today I am super excited because one of my good friends, Sharon Irving, whom I haven't talked to in a while. So I this feels like my just excuse to get caught up on life and get a chance to hear from you. But Sharon joined us today for a conversation and I'm very excited about this one. It's great to see your face and hear your voice. But uh, welcome to the podcast, Sharon. Thank you. It's good to see your face and it's good to be seen. Thank you for having me. Really, really excited about this, ladies. So I know that you are living in Chicago right now and we told everyone a bit about um, just your life and your projects, kind of where you're at as an artist. But tell us, how, how does life look right now, especially coming off of pandemic season? Yes. <laughs> but um, where are you at? What are you working on? What's yeah. making up life for Sharon right now? Yeah, that is a that is a question. <laughs> I I would say, I mean, like so many artists, so many of us um, 
you know, I'm not sure, I'm sure there's people listening that are artists and creatives or entrepreneurs. Uh, for me, it, it really, it really hit me hard. Uh, this time last year, I had a lot of things that got canceled or just, um, just things that shifted and really forced me to have to think through some creative ways to earn a living. I'm self-employed. I, um, I lead worship. I wear a lot of hats, as you know, and um, voiceover artist, worship leading, singer, songwriter. And yet um, I felt I felt really just like, OK, God, this is this is scary because I don't have like an employer <laughs> that's going to like, you know, yeah. make sure you're good during this time. So um, I, I feel like life now is but so much so much like goodness has come out of this for me. Um, just being able to God has really illuminated some new pathways for me that I don't think I would have seen had I just been kind of business as usual. Um, but the the shutdown, the pandemic, all of it really forced me to um, own some things that about myself that, you know, maybe I wasn't owning and just step out in some ways that required a little bit more faith and mm. boldness. And so um, while things are still kind of up in the air with, I mean, there's events that got pushed to this year that are now getting pushed to next year. So it's, it really is yeah. unpredictable. My life is, there's never a dull moment in my life right now. Um, but the Lord has been so faithful in sustaining um, during this time and also just healing me from the inside out because I think um, 2020 brought a lot a lot to the surface for all of us. And so my healing journey has been really taken up a notch. And so right now I'm, I'm, um, I'm in therapy. I'm, I'm working on wholeness and just, you know, I know self-care is like a buzzword, but it really is, that's where it starts um, because I can be successful and do all these things, but um, I'm really in a in a space of just grounding and being my soul care is so important to me right now um, as I kind of discern what's next. And, you know, things may be shut down for a while in certain capacities. And so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm thinking through some some business ideas and dreams that I've had of projects I want to start. And so y'all pray for me because. I really, I don't know the first thing about some things. <laughs> so I'm, yeah. I'm trying to, um, yeah, just to step out and, and manifest some dreams that the Lord has placed in my heart. And um, so this is a really, you know, life is really unpredictable, but, um, but also there's so much grace right now. There's so much grace and peace that makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I love that you you have chosen this mindset of like, I can focus on everything that's been shut down or canceled or not gone according to my plans, but you've obviously are choosing to see the things that have opened up. Mm, and yes, that's, that's how the God, that's how God is working in the season for all of us, right? He's trying to show us, Hey, I'm over here now. I'm over here. Mm -hmm. The cloud is up mm -hmm. there. And, yes. and so I think we can be energized by those new opportunities that helps kind of minimize some of the disappointment and discouragement that we often mm. feel through things being canceled and all of that. Yes. And, preach, um, preach. Yes. 
<laughs> and I would imagine for you, knowing that you come from this, these deep roots and music and worship, I imagine some of those things that he's doing has to do with that. So yes. tell our listeners a little bit about the legacy of music that you were born into. And when did you know that creating music and making art was not what you wanted to do, but what you had to do? Ooh, mm-hmm. yes. Calling. <laughs> Purpose. <laughs> You know, I come from a really musical family. Um, my dad is a jazz musician, played with Miles Davis back in the day. What? So, oh my gosh. so yeah, so it's almost like I didn't have a choice before I even could speak a word. I was in, you know, sessions with my dad and he was creating. <laughs> my grandfather um, is a music, well, God rest his soul. He was a, a preacher and an activist. And so there's this legacy of like activism and music and um, it's eclectic. It's gospel, it's jazz. And so that legacy, I don't think, I mean, it really starts to hit you as you, as you grow older and you, you see like what, what, you know, my dad, he, he's labored in love for so many years and just uh, has stayed so consistent um, despite some of the challenges that he's faced as a, as a black man and as a creative, my grandfather mm-hmm. <laughs> just full of joy and life, his legacy of, um, resilience. And, and one thing about my grandfather, and I don't, I was so young when he passed on, but my mom, mom used to say he would pray over me and he would, mm-hmm. he always wanted a son, you know, he had three daughters and he was a preacher, but he would pray over me and just speak words over me. And she's, she really feels like I, he imparted something into me. Um, and, you know, sometimes I'll get to preaching when I lead worship and she's like, you are, you are turning into your grandfather in this moment. And I just think, man, those prayers, those prayers stuck with me. I may not remember them happening, but the seeds that he planted, um, his legacy, his heart for people, uh, where we're in such a divided time in our world. And so that legacy of uniting people and um, he had this ability, he, he just disarmed you, you know, whether you're mm. black, white, whatever, he was uh. able to be a bridge builder, but still stand firm in his, who he was as a black man, but he brought people together. And I feel like he passed some of that on to me. Um, I didn't ask to be a bridge builder, but that's something that I really feel um, mm. called to. And it's because of him, I think, that I'm I'm in that space of bridge building often. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Help us to understand why, for the Black community, activism and worship and the evolution of gospel music has been so intertwined. Ooh, that is such a great question. I thank you for that, sister. I, I, I mean, it is gospel music. Honestly, I, I won't get into a whole thing on gospel music, but it, it was birthed out of pain and struggle and um, just this fight for freedom when we were, um, you know, when our, when my ancestors, I, I actually know of an ancestor who was a slave and um, that, I don't know, just the music has really, I mean, if you look at the 60s and 70s, there's music that marked those eras, Curtis Mayfield, um, Aretha Franklin. We all love Aretha, but she was an activist. She, uh, what is it, Nina Simone says, the artist's job is to reflect the times. And I believe that a lot of these artists, yeah, I I hope I'm not misquoting, but a lot of the uh, greats that we speak of, Aretha, Stevie Wonder, they were, 
they were responding and their music was um, more than just entertainment, but it was it was a protest against hate, against division. And so, yeah, that, that's a great question. I, I love thinking about. I would encourage us all to kind of research gospel, the roots of gospel music, because it. I think there's a reason why it makes it gives us it gives me goosebumps when mm-hmm. I hear like when I'm really going through and my faith is being tested. There's nothing like turning on a, a gospel song, just a Mahalia, mm-hmm. Mahalia Jackson or. Kirk Franklin or, you know, um, it just mm. it's your soul on a, on, a, on a deep level, no matter who you are. So, yeah. So I, I love that quote you just said, the artist's job is to re- reflect the times. Hopefully yes. we're quoting it right. But yes, it's artist's duty. So same thing. Yeah. Artist's duty, as far as I'm concerned, I have it right here, um, is to, yeah, reflect the times. So good. Well, it leads right into what I wanted to ask you about because I've seen this in your own life and I know this is a big part of who you are. Just in hearing about your family, that union yeah. of activism and music um, and you in that crossroads being oftentimes stepping into like a weekend where you're leading worship after Lord knows what has happened that week. Oh. Um Mm. And you live in Chicago, you live on the South side and not just casually live there. Like that's where you're from. I, you, um, live and breathe Chicago and I love it, but talk about why, talk about that duty. What has that felt like for you Hmm. to navigate even this past year, um, and the things that happened in the city and then how, yeah, how has that influenced your writing? How has that influenced you? in your art? Yeah, it, it can feel really overwhelming. And when I think about yeah. the last year, um, there were so many, it's just things just, re- I really feel like it's been a time of reckoning and things reaching a fever pitch. And, uh, but for me as an artist, and I'm, a, I'm not sure who's familiar with the Enneagram, but I'm a four and we're mm-hmm. no, we're, we're not afraid to kind of step into the dark <laughs> places yeah. attention, yeah. right? Like we, yeah. we want to take, it's like, take my hand and let's explore and let's, let's heal as we face some of this stuff. And yeah. so it, I'm, I'm feeling fueled up and I've been feeling fueled up in my artistry to really like, I sense that God is doing a new thing in the church as, um, as mm. we, you know, um, come to terms with some of the racial injustice in this country and the the blood on the land. Like there is a, um, you know, the Bible's clear. We're reconciled to God, but then we ought to be, rec- we, we should be reconciled to one another. So for me, I feel like just in connecting with that quote, like it's my duty to um, comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable to really like to, to um, almost like, I want to. I want to be a light bearer. I want to speak life, um, and I also want to speak truth. And sometimes that can be uncomfortable. But I'm really, really challenged right now to write new songs uh, for mm. the church that not that aren't the formula. And I think you know I love worship music. I love the top forty songs that we all sing. <laughs> but I just feel like there's a we like there's a I don't know. 
I feel this burden to write and release mm. new songs. And there's so many that are doing it. Uh, Common Hymnal, a great collective that I'm a part of. Mm -hmm. um, well, rather an orbit. It's an orbit of artists who are writing songs out of the spiritual underground and who are responding to some of these injustices. Maverick City, they're, they're challenging the norm. Mm -hmm. Maverick City music. So I just, I want to keep showing up. And I feel, I do feel encouraged sh to show up in spite of the times that we're in. Um, and I think that, yeah, just learning, just keeping that rawness that for so long I felt like maybe my vulnerability was too much. Um, but I'm really mm. working on owning who I am and that I do, um, <laughs> I do have this vulnerability and like uninhibitedness to what I do and that that's a good thing and that free people free people. So when I show up in that, um, mm -hmm. I can prayerfully set some other folks free to be, yeah, to be themselves and to yeah. um, walk in, in love and truth. So, yeah. Can you tell me a little bit more about Common Hymnal? Because the only reason I'm asking is uh, during 2020, kind of an, I forget what season, um, you post a video of you leading one of their songs. And I was profoundly moved by it. I think it was, um, he has time. Yes. I mean, yes, yes. It's an incredible song, isn't it? But, oh. And so I kind of started digging. I hadn't heard of them before. Now I follow them. I love the albums, but I didn't know you were a part of that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love That's it. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. It, it, it's, it was, you know, it's been, uh, a surprise, just the, a divine appointment getting to connect with Common Hymnal and my dear friend Malcolm, who is, um, you know, he's like an uncle to me now. <laughs> but yeah. We, uh, yeah, that song, He Has Time, was the song that that really hooked me. I had never heard of Common Hymnal and I heard that song and it just wrecked me in the best way. And it was just, you know, shout out to Brittany, my friend who's, who sang on that. And I'm blanking on the other voice, but the the two voices on there, they just, just illuminated my whole <laughs> existence. And so Common yeah. Hymno has, is really, um, it's, they're doing work that I think creating a space for artists like myself who really have never really fit anywhere, mm -hmm. um, who do have a heart for justice and, um, mm -hmm. anti-racist work who want to see the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. They're creating a space for us um, and, and for songs that are written out of unique hearts and souls to be written. And so I'm really, if, if you don't know about Common Hymnal, I encourage you to listen and look up this work and this movement. Um, yeah, I don't even know absolutely. how to describe it, but it's, it's profound what's happening. It's some, yeah, it's some really uh, deep work and it's, uh, yeah, it's brought me a lot of, a lot of, uh, space to reflect and engage wow. with that music. So, wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. You posted that's, it. Yeah. 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 See <laughs> the power of a post. <laughs> I know you never know who's going to start know. stalking you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So you've been sharing a little bit about just what you're learning in the season and some of that deeper reflection and creating that space for you to do that. A lot of great things. Yeah. I was interested, um, 
you were kind of pushing back on, like you said, a lot of the traditional common worship songs at top 40, so to speak, and that there's something new that God wants to share through music. Um, And music or music points to God, right? It points to who he is. So what are you learning about God? What are you learning about God in this season and and his heart? And and what are some of even those stanzas or those lines that he's depositing in you right now? Fresh limbs that need to be sung in our churches. Can you think of some of those? Mm, Just some of those themes. And, you know, I I'm learning. We know he's a way maker. Oh, yeah. That's that song. (laughs) That has been my that's been my song in, in this season. Waymaker. Um, we know that, yeah. And and I think that uh as I again, you know, just talking about my own healing and the trauma that I have been healing from, uh, I've come to know God in such a personal way as a healer, and he is um just completely, I don't know, turning my perspective around when it comes to um, just, I think sometimes we we have a very, especially in the West, there's like a Western theological framework that many of us have sort of adopted. And there's just so much, God is so much bigger than these boxes. Um, I love to learn from other cultures and how they connect with God and how they uh, express their faith. I love learning from my Asian brothers and sisters and in the East and, you know, my Latin brothers and sisters. And I think that I just am, I'm a sponge right now and I'm soaking in all of these truths. Um, Mm. the Lord, you know, do not forget all the benefits of the Lord. There's so many things that we miss out on in nature and, um, and just, in all of it that I think right now I'm, I'm a sponge and I'm learning that God is bigger than the boxes. And I, I'm, and in that I'm learning that I'm more than the boxes that people have tried to place me in. Mm. Um, whether it be being told, you know, you're, you're black, so you should just sing gospel music. I've been told that. And I've been a recipient of mm. <laughs> opinions and thoughts that because people we we kind of like boxes. I think it kind of helps us to, I don't know, to feel control maybe. And so in that same way, we've boxed, when we put these labels, I I just long to see the church get kind of do away with that, um, do away with the notion that, and again, I, this is something I've been told, you know, Black worship leaders don't really do well in the CCM space. Well, I love leading CCM. It's I love leading gospel songs. And I do believe that um, that's changing. Again, Maverick City, Common Hymnal. Mm-hmm. We're, yeah. break, we're breaking some of those barriers down. But yeah, I'm, I'm just learning that God is so much bigger than the boxes that we put put God mm-hmm. in. So much that's bigger. That's good. Yeah. Well, speaking of putting you in a box, <laughs> you... <laughs> I, I have... I've seen you lead worship for a group of 20. I have seen you lead an arena in worship. And then I also saw you on TV in a certain season of our life. So you were on America's Got Talent, mm-hmm. I think, is just, just this fun fact to throw in there. It's a little fun fact. Yeah, casual. <laughs> um, tell us about that. How did that come to be? What was that like? 
Oh, yeah. 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 How did, and I still to this day, I'm asking myself, how did, (laughs) how did this black, this girl from the South Side end up on, I mean, I watched these shows and I, and I always thought they were rigged. I was like, they they don't really pick normal people or people with real, you know, life happening. So. With real talent. (laughs) Well, and even that I felt to be honest, I didn't feel like I was good enough to be. And I know that, like, I felt a little out of my league um, mm. because, yeah, it it at the time I was going through a really, really, really hard personal um, struggle in life. And so mm. just goes to show you God is so kind. I mean, that pathway opened in the midst of a really hard time. And so I was so emotional <laughs> throughout the whole thing because I was like, I just feel so unworthy. I don't feel like I'm in a space to be on TV right now. I'm like breaking down in my hotel room. Oh. Uh, so, and then not to sound, you know, but it was an amazing experience. The show really uh, taught me a lot. It was surreal. Uh, and I, to this day, I'm still trying to figure out what the purpose of it was. I didn't win. <laughs> And yeah. I mean, that's the lot. golden buzzer. I got the golden buzzer from, yeah. Mel, from Mel B, who is, yeah. depending on your age, you know, Spice Girls, they're, yeah, yeah they're legends. Totally. So, yeah, I, I love talking. I love when people ask about it because I sometimes forget. Life has just gone back to quote unquote normal. And so that was, yeah. that was a big deal. So I, I, I have to sometimes go back and reflect and it reminds me like if God can do that, Mm -hmm. there's so much more. (laughs) I do have to laugh though when you just said that you didn't think you were good enough to be on it because I feel like America's Got Talent is always like, dog tricks. Like they're just (laughs) right, right. Yeah. Really random. Or like a toddler that paints really well or something. That's true. true. I'm like, oh, I think you 100% should have been on. Maybe I was, could have been overqualified. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, (laughs) the fact that I got beat out by, I I don't know, you could say beat out by, I think it was a ventriloquist. Yep, yep. So, I mean. Who who doesn't use their voice. Who doesn't. (laughs) So the irony, it's just. I know. But it's not a singer show. And, and the fans of the show, they're very hardcore. And they're like, some of them don't feel like singers should compete because they're like, it's not for you all. You've got the voice and you've got America's Got Talent. So stay out of here. Oh, my gosh. That, that was a little challenging. But I, I love just that word of encouragement to all of us listening that you here you are going through one of the toughest seasons ever. Mm. Unworthy. Yeah disqualified and isn't that just like God to go perfect (laughs) let me make a way now for my my glory and I think that that's what you went on I watched Mm -hmm. a little intel on you Sharon and went on and watched your video (laughs) prior to our interview (laughs) and to God be the glory I mean the whole spirit of God was in that room and on Mel B's face you could see it and Mm. so you know, it's all about him anyways through our gift. Right. So even right. even for that moment. That moment. Yeah. 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 Unreal. 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 So cool. So go watch her debut on America's Got Talent. Oh. On- yes. Awesome. Yes. Um, okay. So God is a God of adventure. We are portable. He's always <laughs> moving us around. This is what we're learning in this season. We are set up and tear down people of God. Mm. Where is God moving you next? Where is he calling you to in this next season? 
Ooh, that's good. I love that. I'm, I feel like I need to be taking notes. Y'all are saying some really... I know. I was like, that was really good. Hold on. Right? Do we know that? I, I feel like I need to talk about that. Right. Can we dig into that? You Where's know? the cloud moving? Where's the cloud moving? Mm. Okay. There's a song yeah. in there. I feel it. I feel it. There you it's go. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, I, I feel God is just... There's so many multi-levels of things that I'm sensing in this, in this time. Um, and as I <laughs> Is said- Is one of them that you want to write a song together? Because I don't yes. think that's actually what should happen. <laughs> yes. Some of the best, I, I feel like that it's underrated to write songs with people that aren't necessarily singers, but who are just good with words, you know? Like, let me, you know- yeah put melodies to these to these <laughs> words. That's one of my favorite things. Some of my best songs have come from sermons that I've heard, like Pastor Judy mm. or just people that yeah. I really love and respect. Really good. Like, yeah. that, need, that needs to be a song. But I know. Sorry, I distracted you. Continue. Oh, yeah, the question. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, music. Music is something that I... Um, wait, what was the question? What is God calling in this next season? Yep. Yeah. What is, where's the cloud moving for you? Where is the cloud? Ooh. Well, hopefully out of Chicago and somewhere warm. Uh, no, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love my city. Shout out to Chicago. Sorry, <laughs> but I am so over this, the, the winter. It's getting warmer, but no, I, okay. In all seriousness, I just, I, I want to keep speaking life. Um, hmm. Whether that's through, through worship, uh, singing, songwriting, poetry, spoken word. Um, I, I do run in different lanes. And as I mentioned, I'm finally, I think I'm finally at a place where I'm owning that and not trying to fit myself into one thing. I can't mm -hmm. forsake the spoken word artist in me. You know, I can't forsake the worship leader. I can't forsake that jazz is in me and that I love to get to collaborate with. So you, you'll, for me, I think... I'm seeing a lot more collaboration happening with other artists who are looking to explore different sounds and styles and worship. Um, I'm seeing beyond the music, and this, this is a little out of my comfort zone, but um, I have, y'all know, I, Angie, you know, I love fashion. And so mm -hmm. there's something there. I'm not sure how to unlock that, that treasure chess but I just feel <laughs> called to fashion in that world as well but um, soon and very soon I will be working on releasing new content and music that comes from my heart that comes from uh, can I just share Living Epistle is a group that Quincy and I Quincy is my purpose partner slash boyfriend and we <laughs> I love that purpose partner boyfriend it sounds so boyfriend it's just no but we <laughs> <laughs> he is an amazing worship leader and uh, person, and we we have this this thing that we started called Living Epistle. We started mm -hmm. it back in December after we released Oh Holy Night, and um, which is available. I know it's summer yeah. almost, but if you want to go listen to a Christmas song and cry or feel good, go listen. Go look up Oh Holy Night by Living Epistle. Um, so I'm definitely feeling called to just partner with just the relationships to continue in the common hymnal relationship, living epistle um, and stepping into some new spaces of creativity. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it, it continue to be a light. Uh, this world is, is hurting and 
I do feel um, at time I dream a lot, and I've I've I'm one of these people that just has prophetic dreams, and I'm still trying to figure out what to do with it. But I see um, I see and feel a shift happening in the world, and I really believe mm-hmm. that we're going to see um, revival and supernatural. But there's got to be some repentance and some acknowledgement of the hurt and the pain from our brothers and sisters who have been oppressed. And so I just pray Mm. that I can be a part of bringing that healing um, between different lines and racial lines and divisions that, um, because I do feel like we are, we are moving into (laughs) some breakthrough, but we got to, we can't, we got to face some things that we haven't really faced as a country and hopefully music. I think I, no, not hopefully. I know that music is a powerful tool in in breaking down barriers. Uh, we need art. We need music now more than ever. So I, I, I'm grateful to be a part of that. And so I'm continuing to walk and mm-hmm. <laughs> encourage because it takes courage to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I just listening to you answer that question, I'm picturing... You know, I mean, our friendship started 15 years ago when you were, you were in college. I was in seminary. I don't think any, either of us really knew what we were doing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, (laughs) but what I, what I want to say, Sharon, is that I, I really respect how you have continued to have a soft heart towards what God's doing. And I think, um, all the gifts he's given you. And I mean, let's even say you, your love of fashion, like he's going to use that. Hmm. Um, but I've just seen you walk really gracefully into so many different spaces that needed the healing of music and the healing of truth. And Hmm. the way that you bring that you're, um, I mean, a lot of people can sing really well, but it's your heart and your ministry behind it that is making such a big difference. So I'm really encouraged to hear you say that's how you're feeling God move you because I think that's always sort of been the story he's been writing. So Wow, wow. So exciting. Yeah, it is exciting and scary, but exciting more than scary. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you. I, I appreciate yeah. that encouragement. And um, yeah, I, I, I mentioned Living Epistle and I, I want to just, for some people that may be like, what is that? But I want to yeah. encourage that we're all... Um, for those of us that are believers, it's it's just to be a living, breathing, walking letter of God's goodness, glory, and grace. And so we are living letters, and um, mm-hmm. and that is a that is a beautiful, beautiful thing to embody, to be an image bearer. Um, so I pray that for all of us, and and that we can continue to be living letters of God's goodness, glory, um, and grace for yeah. such a time. Yeah. For such a time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I feel, I would love to talk all day. We are kind of, kind of wrapping up, but what, is there anything else you would say to people who are listening? Um, I don't know to that person that's listening, who's trying to maybe to discern the same things, um, maybe needs a little encouragement. I don't know. What would you say? Yeah. To you person that is listening, I would say um, what's on my heart and what rings in my spirit right now is that uh, all things are working together 
I, I'm a living witness to this, that uh, even the things that seem really just suck and that are painful and um, there, there's purpose in that. And so when we, when we understand that all things are working together and what the enemy meant for evil, God will use for good. It's not just this scripture that people quote. I, I really have lived that and I've seen that and I continue to see that every, you know, and I could, it would take another hour or two hours to really get into the testimony, but everything from having a vocal nodule to, to being told I wouldn't be able to sing, you know, to going through a really, really bad end of a, of a relationship um, to, you know, trauma. It, it's, it, all things are working together and nothing, God wastes nothing. He wastes mm -hmm. nothing. So just be encouraged in that, um, that your pain, uh, your struggle is, it's, there's a purpose out of it. And um, God is really kind. And uh, I just pray that he would mm -hmm. give you eyes to see the, the purpose and the pain and uh, know that all things are working together. And I believe that I have to remind myself of that daily. Mm. I have to, I have to. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you. I just, I was thinking about this, the living epistle idea and mm -hmm. the verse in John 21, 25, where it says, you know, Jesus did many other things as well, that if every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not, have enough room for the books that would be written. And those are the stories that are being told through the redemption of the hard places. That's the good that, mm. that testifies to who Christ is to the world. That's mm. why there's wow. that verse means we are the, we are the books and the chapters that hold those stories. Yes. That's why there's not enough library space, you know, for for them. So Right, right. And to, we get, that we get to be a part of this larger story is Yeah. Oof, chills. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. There's your second song idea. Just saying. Yes. I'm gonna <laughs> go back. I'm gonna go back and listen to this and take notes. <sighs> Y'all are just blowing my mind. Yeah. No, so this is this is really great and so encouraging just to hear what how God is leading you and encouraging you. Um, if people want to connect with you and follow everything that you're doing and up to, where is the best place for them to find you? Yes, I, I'm an Instagram girl. I love Instagram. I'm always on there and I'm pretty accessible. Sharon Irving Music, um, S-H-A-R-O-N-I-R-V-I-N-G Music. I'm on Twitter. Um, and then my website is just SharonIrving.com. And I really genuinely mean that. I love to hear from people. If there's something in this, if you're an artist and you're listening, uh, please reach out. And, you know, I don't claim to be an expert on anything, but I really love hearing from people mm. and just like hearing what God is speaking to people through these conversations. Um, yeah. I'm all about breaking that. What is it? The fourth wall between people who are on stages and just like making our making ourselves accessible because yeah, we're human we we are human <laughs> I'm yeah human. Um, yeah so I well thanks that. for being so honest and authentic with yeah your own walk and journey and yeah I'm excited to see in this next season how you know those dreams you have and all that truth plays out yes hopefully there will be songs written prayerfully yes please 
by the time we meet again, <laughs> by the time so we schedule that writing session, yes. you better have some for us. I'm just kidding. Are you going to come? Will you listen? I want to schedule a writing session session with you all. Hey, Lisa <laughs> and I are available. It might be a very different writing <laughs> session for you, but yes, let's go. Well, it's, all, it's also it's also writing what people need to hear. So, mm. and so that's the well, question, you know, to be praying, Lord, what have we forgotten? You know, what we right. need to mm. be reminded of. So, what have we forgotten? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What do we need to revisit or bring to the altar? I, oof, come on. Don't, don't get me started. Y'all are getting me yeah. started. <laughs> I'm trying to, trying to respect people's time, but I, I could keep going. No, so, so this has been great. Thanks for jumping on with us today. You. So nice. You to are a treasure. Nice to meet yeah. you. Nice to meet you. Thank you both. Thank you. Well, hello, friends. We hope that you enjoyed that beautiful conversation with Sharon. Just listening to her, Angie. Just her, just her tempo and her voice, and just the ways that she even engaged uh, answering those questions. I was. It's very peaceful. Did you find that? Just a lot of peace listening. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I was thinking a lot about for her because she really has, as many artists have, had to transition a lot of their work and what they were used to doing and how they made money and what what worship looked like pre-pandemic and just the ways that she has kind of stepped back and seen how God is in this pandemic creating new opportunities, new pathways that he's opening up for her. And that I think she said that it's really forced her to have to look at things and, and own things and learn from some of the things that God has done in this season to prepare her for what she's stepping into. You know, I always feel like sometimes, you know, the mission for all of us that God has put within us as followers of Christ never changes, but how we get there does. And looking at that, um, you know, for her was very energizing and also requiring a lot of faith right now. She's stepping in to trust God with that. So, yeah, absolutely. I listening to her, I thought, it was really encouraging for me to hear that so many of her convictions and the things she feels called to are the same. Like they're, the season looks different and the times look different, the context around her, but that that seed God planted in her is the same. I loved when she just talked about, um, you know, that quote that it's the artist's job to reflect the times and to, I'm really thankful for artists like her worship leaders, like her, um, who help put words and language to the season that we're in. That's good. That's good. Um, so I, she's just, yeah, she's dear to me. And that was a lot of fun to introduce her to this crew of people as well. So Angie, you have a lot of cool friends that you've been sharing with us. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You've... My pleasure. I love it. Yeah. Um, hopefully we've got a few more coming up in the next few weeks. I'm excited for everybody to meet. So, um, yeah, that was just a great conversation. Please do look up Sharon, uh, follow her, look for those projects that she's working on, um, and just help us support, um, her and her ministry that she is doing as well. 
One way to do that would be sharing this podcast episode with someone that you think would enjoy it. Make sure you're subscribing, that you like this, and then you will never miss one of the exciting episodes coming up uh, over the next month. So we do have some exciting ones coming up. I'm excited for you to hear them, um, and we're excited to have those conversations. So we're just excited. We're just excited. I know. Sorry. I think I use that word so many times. All right. We should end this. Thanks for listening, you guys. Have a great week. Have a great week, friends. Bye. Bye.